1: Hey everybody, welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast. Coming to you from Richmond, Virginia, my name is Ryan McGee, and joining me in Southampton, England, is our Professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, how are you today?
0: I'm good. What day is it, Ryan? It is,
1: I think, Friday. I don't know. Everything gets kind of topsy-turvy when you're watching curling late into the night and then again early in the morning the days kind of run together but I think today is Friday
0: I think so too yeah I just do I get up early for the curling and then I got the noon thing I try to watch it work but that's a bit tricky
1: yeah I get up early uh thanks to my toddler and then fortunately curling's on and that's pretty great Uh, he is, he's, he's been able to withstand watching more curling than I thought he would. He'll sit there and kind of stare at it for about an end. So 15 minutes. And that's about all you can ask for from a toddler before he starts asking for YouTube videos of tractors.
0: Does he, does he like it then? What does he say when the rocks go by?
1: Really nothing. He just kind of stares at it like with his mouth wide open and just this look of disbelief on his face.
0: So, just like me.
1: Yes. <laughs> just like you watching me airball appeal. Kind of the same, <laughs> kind of the same look.
0: <laughs> I airballed appeal last week, Ryan. It happens to everyone. Actually, uh, Amos Mossener airballed his preemptive appeal before winning the gold medal. That's right. And I was like, ah, it happens to gold medalists too. So, there you go. Yeah,
1: Italy. <laughs> is your gold medalist in mixed doubles and we are currently in the middle of the men's and women's event and that includes japan in the women's event and that's who we are here to talk about today
0: yes Have we been, i guess we did an episode with jd jd lynn but it was only like a short interview right
1: A couple of years ago, we had a quick interview with JD Lind, who is the coach of Team Fujisawa that's representing Japan at the Olympics, that uh, we had a chance to talk with him at Curling Night in America when it was held in Durham, North Carolina. Today, joining us to talk more about curling in Japan, including kind of the mania that goes on when Team Fujisawa is in the Olympics, especially coming off of a bronze medal in 2018, as well as... The differences in curling culture between Japan and the United States is Naoki Iwanaga. And I did ask for his preference on whether he wanted his family name first or last. He said to go ahead and say his family name last. His first name is Naoki. Um, Said to go ahead and do that since we are a North American podcast and because he, he actually lives in Chicago right now. He worked for work, he relocated to Chicago, but for years he was a competitive curler. In Japan, is playing out of Tokyo, and he will recount his many near misses at the Japanese championships.
0: Oh wow! All right, so uh, just because of scheduling, we couldn't do it together. So you did it without me, but yep. uh... but
1: you did give me plenty of questions to ask him, and we we touched on a wide variety of topics. That was all very interesting, including kind of the importance for the growth of curling in Japan. Of getting a dedicated ice rink there in Tokyo, and kind of some interesting options that might be presenting themselves for getting that done.
0: Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing it.
1: So we'll get into our conversation with Naoki. One thing I do want to point out is Naoki and I will spend a lot of time talking about the push for getting a dedicated curling facility in Tokyo. I don't want to make it sound like There currently isn't any curling going on in Tokyo because there is. There's a vibrant Tokyo curling club where they've got, I think, about 100 people playing in their Super League, where they've got to travel about three hours outside of Tokyo to play those games in a couple of dedicated facilities in Nagano and Kirazawa. And right now they're running their learn to curls and their beginner stuff at a couple of different skating rinks there in Tokyo. So they're facing a lot of the same issues that arena curling clubs are facing in the U.S. Most countries here um, that are curling nations are are facing a lot of the same issues. It's always interesting to see how different places attack similar problems. So let's get into our conversation with Naoki. All right, we are joined by Naoki Iwanaga. Naoki, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thank you for inviting me to this one wonderful podcast.
1: <laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. Um, just to give everybody an idea of who you are, can you let us know just where you're from originally and what it was like growing up there?
2: So I'm Naoki Iwanaga from Japan, so even I, I'm living in the United States in Chicago area from 2020, but I've been playing curling in Japan about 15 years or something. So pretty much a long history I have. My career as a curling player is that kind of the three times runner up in Japan curling championships. So always beat by, beaten by Morozumi at the final <laughs> in 2008. 1460 as i remember but currently i'm have a little bit stepped up from the competitive scene but i'm working as a marketing committee member of japan curling association and also some international activity so con- communicate with wcf world curling federation and also i'm a re- currently a member of the Maximai the value project working group in WCF.
1: And uh, what, what part of Japan are you from originally?
2: Yeah, I'm from Tokyo, uh, the area around Tokyo. So I was living in Tokyo before coming to the United States. All
1: right, and we'll get, we'll get into curling in Tokyo and trying to get dedicated ice in Tokyo later. Uh, but can you tell everybody just how, how did you start curling?
2: Yeah, it was 2003, so when I entered into the university, so I really want to do something very fun with uh, my friends. And uh, it wasn't just after the moment after the Salt Lake City Olympic, so curling just became noticed to some people. And my friend found out curling and then recommended me to join. curling activity and um, some of the people uh, who who was curling in Tokyo said that uh, yeah for curling so you can be attend even uh, national championships if you are good so it was really attractive at that time so doing something new so previously I was playing basketball a little but uh, far away from a national championship or something so I was really attracted by that kind of words
1: was the competitive aspect kind of what drew you to curling and made you stay with it?
2: Yeah, actually, so at the moment when I uh, started curling in Tokyo, even we didn't have, and also we haven't, uh, we don't have the decade curling hall in Tokyo. But uh, one lady who whose name is uh, Miss Miwa, who participated 1998 Nagano Olympic competition, was living in Tokyo. And even it was studied from Ice Arena, just an ice link. But they, uh, she taught me how to curl and also even me a little bit idea of how to be in a competitive color in future. And so my earlier career, like now starting five years or something is with that coach. So it was really lucky for me to even study from Tokyo. but. Uh, just meeting and talking with a lady who had participated in the Olympic Games. So that is fantastic. And then gradually I was really interested in uh, becoming a competitive curler.
1: How many curlers and how many clubs are there in Tokyo? And then how many are there in Japan as a whole?
2: Yeah, I haven't (laughs) counted that very precisely. But let's say in Tokyo, so we have 15 teams of men and maybe 5 or 6 or 7 teams for women. and total so Hokkaido area in the most northern part of the Japan has a a big number of the colors so i think there must be the 100 teams or something is in Hokkaido area including men's and women's so total number of calling player Maybe thousand or something. Okay. Uh, officially, it was announced three thousand or something. But,
1: uh, but yeah, is that competitive and um, non-competitive players, or is that just competitive players?
2: So actually, so all the competition, the kind of official competition, so play down event in the each blocks areas is a are pretty much um, very common. And uh, easy to join. So, in that meaning, most of the teams are competitive. (laughs) But a truly competitive team, like uh, can compete with uh, some great teams, would be. So, it depends on the the level. But uh, yeah, we may say that everyone is competitive. And so, there is no clear border between club color and competitive color in Japan.
1: Oh, that's that's really cool. So basically, everyone will enter the playdowns and start at least start in the process that would eventually lead to the national championship. Just about,
2: yeah. That that's right.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. Um, that I don't think that's very common anymore outside of Japan. It sounds like.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it is a little bit different from their country, like the United States, Canada. So still, so we don't have not so many numbers of competitive teams that that system is working currently. But probably in future, if we truly have a hundred of thousand teams, so that system would never work in the same way, maybe.
1: So you've been in Chicago for a little bit and you've been playing at one of the clubs there in chicago i mean other than maybe the culture of like everyone entering the the play down competitions what what are some of the big differences between curling culture in japan and curling culture in north america that you've noticed
2: yeah actually so the first point i was surprised with uh, we have. a curling link three curling links in chicago area the mine is a windy city curling club the other two are the Xmo and the chicago curling club so uh, all the club has a sh- three or four sheet curling so that is very nice and what also i, I was also surprised is that uh, they have a kind of good very good club culture like that weekend Brand, branch bones, uh, branch league or thursday night competitive league monday mixed up league so lots of your chance to start enjoying and uh, that is really good and uh, yeah I, my impression is that uh, you, the united states curling uh, has a k- kind of lots of good opportunity to start curling even from the beginner not even a com- seeing a competitive stage, but uh, maybe we can just enjoy easily. So that is a very good point. Yeah, no. I don't know about the areas other than Chicago, but uh, what I'm feeling in around the Chicago area is so fantastic.
1: In, is it the same way? Is it not the same way in Japan? Like if you're just starting, you do you not have the opportunity to play? In as many leagues like you would if you were just getting if you were starting in chicago
2: yeah actually so we have almost uh, 10 curling dedicated link in japan and uh, each i don't say it is club oriented my maybe kind of the more formal way there so Associ- not club, current association of each prefecture yeah. handles uh, some of the part. And uh, yeah, mainly competitive or some official game is the basis or the center of the activity. And then plus, of course, um, there are some clubs they have own, but, uh, own league, but... Uh, yeah my impression and also the my covering experience in japan was uh, kind of mostly competitive
1: so we have the olympics going on now and we'll get into kind of in, in a little bit we'll get into you know japan's reaction to you know team fujisawa winning uh, a bronze but you know here in the here in the us we see a very large rise in participation during the olympics and a lot of people going out and trying curling uh, does the same thing happen in japan during the olympics does it you know is there kind of that curling fever that everyone gets and uh, you have a lot of people coming out to try curling during the olympics in japan
2: yeah that's a really good question and uh, your yeah, team fujisawa is really really popular in japan now she becomes and even from the 1998 Nagano Olympic Games in Japan, and then 2002, 2006, so every four years, Japan needs carrying the scene, get become a little bit popular and getting popular and popular. As you know, 2018, in Pyeongchang Games, Fujisawa got the bronze, and that was kind of very big fever at that time. And uh, the, ne- the word, Shinami Yoshida, the third of Fujisawa, uh, is saying Sodane! Sodane is um, kind of ah, I agree that you are dear. And uh, Sodane becomes the uh, most uh, favorite world in 2008. It's <laughs> not only the curling, but also all the Japanese things. So everyone was really, really impressed by the Fujisawa and their positive attitude and uh, excellent curling activity so everyone is really really impressed and the curling becomes a very big boom. big boom and also 2022 so they fujisawa will participate in again so yeah we are expecting to have that movement again so one one thing i'd like to mention here is that uh, japan has less opportunity to start playing curling compared to the united states I know that currently, even if it is just a skate link, but uh, United States had a kind of 100 or 150 or 170 clubs, so lots of place to start curling. But uh, in Japan, everyone has become interested in curling, but really mm, less opportunity to start play by themselves so because of due to the yeah, small uh, little number of sprays. We can play curling.
1: Is is some of that because there isn't a a dedicated curling facility in Tokyo?
2: Yeah, actually, we don't have dedicated curling facility in Tokyo. So if we have, so movement will become much bigger. I really believing, but as you know, compared to the United States, Japan is very small, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so no place to build, and land is Ex- more expensive. So sometimes it's really difficult to build a facility in Tokyo area.
1: Yeah, I know they're running into the same issues. There's been a couple of groups that have tried to build a dedicated curling facility in New York City, and it's mm. the same thing. It's just so expensive to find the land to build there. Uh, in Tokyo, do you know of any groups that are actively trying to get dedica- a dedicated curling facility built near Tokyo?
2: Actually, so I have heard a little about the uh, something like uh, utilization of the legacy of the Tokyo Olympic Games. So Tokyo Olympic Games, we build a, or we use uh, some big facility for the swimming or some other things. And uh, I heard about uh, a kind of plan that uh, to convert some swimming stadium to the ice arena, and that may include carrying seat even if it is two or three. I'm not sure about the plan in detail, but uh, there is a kind of movement like that, and uh, we are really expecting for the even just a sub arena of the ice ice link. But uh, if if we have truly, uh curling link in Tokyo, that would be really amazing. And yeah,
1: would it be similar to the way they converted the water cube into the ice cube in in Beijing? Are they looking at doing something similar to that, or would it just be sectioning off some of the the building and then making a m- making ice in a more traditional manner?
2: Yeah, what I've heard so far is that um, completely convert something for swimming to the ice arena. So. So once it, it built, it would be a long as the ice arena. But uh, also I heard that most of the part is not for curling, for skating. But uh, we may have uh, two sheets at side as the curling. Even for that, that would be really big for Tokyo.
1: My understanding is the two sheets that if you wanted to go curl on dedicated ice, the two places that you would need to go to were would be either the facility that they used in '98 during the Nagano Games, or I guess there's another small, um, another small dedicated facility further south around Mount Fuji. Is that right?
2: Yes, your understanding is right. So yeah, we have been we have been using the facilities that was used in the uh, Nagano Olympic Games, but uh, that that is in nagano prefecture we call the city karuizawa and Karuizawa built a new facility in 2013 it is six seat curling stadium something like current stadiums and it is really really good facility. and so yeah we have been pra- practicing at that facility when i was in japan and also yeah we have a three she uh, no two sheet uh, small facility somewhere nearby Mount Fuji, so that you are understanding, but in both cases, so we need three hours driving from Tokyo, so that is not easy for just practicing wow,
1: so three hours is the closest dedicated curling ice to Tokyo, so yeah. When you were playing competitively, you were you skipped the Tokyo, is it Tokyo ICE? Was that the name of your team?
2: Yes. So it was called Tokyo ICE, sometimes just Team Tokyo. Okay. But uh, yeah, I've been playing there.
1: And so when you were skipping that team, how often, how many times per week were you making that three-hour drive to go to one of these facilities to practice?
2: So all the members of my team had uh, their own job weekday job from monday to friday so generally maximum uh, practice time for one week is just saturday and sunday and uh, of course um, our life is not only for curling even at that time so let's say so just uh, two or three times practice in a month but of course um, when we have a championships like japan curling championships so we need to leave Tokyo, and being in the Hokkaido or Nagano or somewhere in the curling hall, and spending eight days, ten days for that, so that was pretty much I was how I we really playing curling in Japan.
1: And so that team that you played in, I also want to kind of touch on the the concepts of curling teams because it sounds like they're very different in. Japan and in North America, because the team you played on, obviously the name was not attached to the Skip's name. And in fact, that team, Tokyo ICE, they still compete. And I still, even though you are not on the team, I still see them um, in competitive tournaments in Japan. So can you kind of explain how the concept of curling teams works in Japan for those of us in North America and how those teams continue on even though the players change out?
2: So actually, it, it depends on the team. Okay. So some of the teams like Molodumi Matsumura, they are so competitive. So they are trying to manage to be in a very competitive team. So my team was a kind of the tier 1.5 or I don't want to say it is but tier 2
1: uh-huh.
2: yeah, but uh, um, even I left so Kanda is a current skip who is, has been playing with me for all the current career of me and for him so very naturally this, uh, he succeeded and even so it is not very easy to play curling or to be stay competitive We're working in Tokyo and um, every week we have practice that is that's not easy but uh, there are some people who want to stay curling a little bit competitively even they are living in Tokyo so such kind of people so we recruit <laughs> and then we can continue to stay competitive com- at some a certain competitive level
1: yeah, I see the different I, I see the different team names and, it, and it's not always um, just the name of the skip, which is different, which actually I like. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just wondering if it's very common, like with your team, for the name to continue and for the team, the concept of this one team to continue, even though the players leave. And it sounds like it really just depends on the team, right?
2: Yeah. So in that way, so we can inherit a kind of team culture to the next person. So okay. of course, um, teams like Matsunura, Morozumi Fujisawa, yeah, even them they have uh, their own name like Fujisawa. Sometimes they are called Solare. <laughs> and also Matsumura, They he they are belong, belonging to the club named Consadole, mm-hmm. so they have their own name. So it is very fun. Yeah,
1: it, that was that was interesting to me. It seems like uh, Matsumura, they were the first. It seemed to me that they were the first men's team to kind of get corporate backing, whereas with the women's teams, you have Hokkaido Bank, you have uh, fuji that on the women's side, it was more common for corporations to back teams. And then Matsumura's was like the first men's team to have corporate backing like that. Is that becoming more common in Japan to have corporate backing behind a team?
2: Corporate parking is a kind of a typical good way to be supported. But I cannot say it's common because we have only Matsumura Consadole and also Fuji-Q, Tube Electric, Tube and also Hokkaido Bank. So just a kind of the couple of cases we may find. I don't know if Japan should go either way with corporate or without corporate or cloud-based, I don't know. But uh, it is really nice that uh, anybody who can support the team, and especially for the competitive team, in order to grow the Japanese culture.
1: What was interesting to me about the Kansadol team is that the primary team in that club is a soccer team that plays in the J League. And that concept to me seemed like it should be more popular, especially, you know, in Europe, you have clubs where they've got the soccer team, they have a, you know, a handball team, they have a basketball team that all play under, you know, like the Real Madrid moniker, but it's all these different teams playing under the same club. And that kind of seemed to me like it might be, a good idea and that in Japan it might become more popular. Could you see more like soccer teams in Japan splitting off and starting their own curling team like Consadole did?
2: Currently, I see no other cases like that. But uh, I'm really, really impressed that uh, Consadole became interested in curling team. And uh, I think it is a really big innovation for the sports culture because um, so sometimes uh, i'm asking some curling fans so how do you become interested in curling and some people mentioned that i was originally j league soccer fans consadole fans and then just because it is consadole so i became uh, interested even for the curling as well so that that is consadole is working uh, kind of liaison between the sports even different so soccer so they're truly liaison between the soccer and the curling so i don't see any other cases even seeing around the other sports but uh, it is a really really very good yeah so yeah i just imagined like teams like they're muddled interested in curling and create curling so maybe if they do that so tons of fans that would be interested in curling so
1: yeah hope it would be nice if more of those clubs got got into curling and got more more money into into curling in Japan to help it grow that'd be fan- yeah it also might help get a uh, get a facility too right
2: yeah that's true
1: this episode will uh, will go out um, just right after the women's tournament starts in Beijing, and Team Fujisawa is back uh, representing Japan. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but just you know, how much attention does curling get during the Olympics in Japan, and then how popular are Team Fujisawa's games when they're playing on
2: television? So it is very nice that. Uh... Japanese TV broadcasting is really, really familiar with curling and interesting and very, also say, friendly with curling. So they will pro- broadcast all the game. So it means that at least nine games, three hours, that is huge, huge exposure of the curling in the Japanese scene. And also, because um, they see lots of curling on TV, so very naturally, it's they're really interested in curling so maybe the most popular one is figure skating so the mr hanu who is a gold medalist of the 2018 and 14 he's just amazing so everyone is interested in how he performed in beijing as well but i think curling is something next to the figure skating so it is, we may say that is very very popular
1: what is it about curling that you think um, inspires people in Japan to want to follow it and, and cheer
2: their team on? So Fujisawa's team is really, really, always showing a positive attitude and provide some energy to the curling fans. And especially for this moment, so everyone needs to stay home and watching TV and under the COVID. So probably more people will watch curling and also expecting the some passion and feeling some passion for Fiji and want to see happy smiles of them. So I'm really sure that the pe- more people will watch curling even compared to the Pyeongchang Olympic last game. So everyone is really, and also everyone would really be interested in curling.
1: The, the people that are just now getting into curling or getting, getting into it just because of the Olympics. Um, and I don't know if I'm understanding this correctly. It was one of, one of the people I follow on YouTube on uh, Twitter was explaining this to me, but can you explain the concept of pond and how that, uh, how, how that relates to the people who are just getting into curling or who, who in Japan?
2: so maybe it must be a little bit same with the united states as, as the united states curling boom So movement is a kind of the once in four years in 2006 2010 but the story got a little bit changed from the 2018 curling became really popular so watching curling really popular in japan And every year, Japan Curling Championships and also World Curling Championships is uh, broadcasted by NHK, so public broadcast company. And we can see all men's and women's World Curling Championship games from TV, so it is huge exposure. And uh, people continuously become interested in curling every year. But... uh, as you mentioned that, of course, in summer, in winter, so people will forget about curling, and also some people is just interested in the team Fujisawa, not for curling. So in order to deepen their knowledge and also interest for the curling, I decided to start YouTube channel, kind of JCA, Japan Curling Association JCA, a YouTube channel to start a kind of program called Carling Pond. Yeah, it is surprising you have a similar name. So, Rocks Across the Pond Podcast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I see some similarity. But uh, the concept of pond is that, we we may also say it is a swamp. Okay. So, once people get into that, so (laughs) it's really hard to escape. So, it is a kind of analogy. Of the point, so once people get familiar and interested in and become a curling fan, really, really hard to escape from that. (laughs) So we cannot go out. And also, I invited some of the top athletes like Yamaguchi, Yoshimura, and they are really cooperative to this program, and we are all enjoyed.
1: Yeah, during Worlds, uh, when the broadcasts of the women's games had to go on hold due to the COVID exposure. Even though I do not understand or speak Japanese, I thoroughly enjoyed watching Yama, uh, basically reenact the games. So I was, it was fun to see that you invited Yama on to, to do the YouTube channel with you. What has been the reaction so far, uh, from people to the, to the YouTube series that you've done with them?
2: So YouTube series is uh, now getting a little bit uh, really exciting. All the programs have a kind of the more than 10,000 viewers total. So simultaneous listener watcher is a kind of 1,000. So 1,000 viewers' real-time connection, that is huge. And this is just a... Something happening before the Olympic game. so we will continue even during the competition, women's competition, of course. So we are expecting to have more people once Fujisawa started the games on the Olympic game.
1: Are you going to be putting out more episodes as the as the Olympics go on, or have you already done all the ones that you have planned so far?
2: But uh, during the Olympic Games, so we are. Planning to have the streaming once in two days at least. Of course, if the Fuji server uh, advanced to the semifinal and final, of course we will have additional ones.
1: So, is it more to like just continual continue to build um, help build the knowledge for the people that are just getting started following curling? Is that am I um, am I following that right?
2: Yeah, there are a lot of their purpose for that program. So once uh, the first point is that uh, to provide uh, the the calling knowledge to the people, that is of course the main purpose. But especially during the competition, uh, once Fujisawa started their games, the purpose would be just uh, sitting together and chatting and hearing what calling phone is saying and answer to the question to the calling phone. That kind of mutual communication is uh, our intention and what, also what i am intending to do during the program is that uh, we really want current fans to know other good athletes like Yoshimura, Yamaguchi, Abe so they are so nice but uh, TV tends to focus on of course Fujisawa. And so Fujisawa is very very pop, pop, getting popular but the uh, Japan current it cannot only be for the Fujisawa. So I'd like to expand people's attention to the all the other teams.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same way here in the US, where you we would want our, uh, our our curling fans to know the teams beyond just Team Schuster, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, that would be the same. So, but uh, of course, in order to develop curling in the nation, so one team is not enough. So of course Schuster is so nice, but the United States should have also four, three or four other good teams, truly mm-hmm. good teams, in order to develop their curling in future.
1: Yeah, that was one thing. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but there was a a documentary about Team Schuster that aired on Peacock going into the Olympics, and I was happy to see that they they did kind of go into the background of Team Dropkin and kind of helped introduce Team Dropkin to, uh, to everyone watching curling because I, I know that that will be a team that is going to be around for a long time uh, here in the U.S. And I imagine uh, you need the same thing there in Japan, get, getting people uh, knowledge of the other teams beside Fujisawa. Could you just tell us, you know, what what is the future of curling going to be for Japan? Do you think that the number of curlers will continue to grow?
2: Yeah, we really hope that a curling culture in Japan will continuously growing, but uh, of course it's not very easy. So how to and also your yeah, curling is just one sport and also just one entertainment. So we need to truly make curling more attractive, more much easier to understand, and nice to enjoy. So yeah, we are hoping it will expand, but uh, it's not easy and it is not kind of automatically happening. So we need to put some effort to truly develop the curling culture in Japan.
1: And so that, that kind of touches on your work with the maximizing the value group. So what kind of input can you bring to the group um, you know, rep- representing your region?
2: Yeah, so the maximizing value group. So most of the people is from um, North America and Europe. There is only Asian Pacific attendee, me and Hugh Milking, who is the Vice President of WCF. So mm-hmm. pretty much um, Asian input is all from me. The, I believe that uh, WCF is to develop current, not only the region, very familiar region like North America, Europe, but Asia and the other uh, regions they would like to ex- expand. So they need to take some knowledge and also they need to understand what is going on in Japan. Maybe in Korea, in China, so I'm trying to deliver so real, the reality of the what is going on in Japan, and that may provide some idea or from the some other way to view the how they expand their calling in future. So I'm I'm seeing my contribution is kind of the providing the regional diversity to the team, and that is very really necessary, I believe. Give me an
1: idea of kind of television viewing for Japan versus the US, because I know here in the US, because of football, like some sports fans are just used to events lasting three hours. Is it the same way in Japan or is it where uh, in Japan, if games were shorter took or maybe not shorter, but took a less amount of time? That it would be more attractive to television
2: viewers there i think it's very good question so originally so the number one sports broadcasted in japan as tv is a baseball mm-hmm. even still and those really, are long games <laughs> yeah, long game so people like 50s 60s very familiar with a tv program like two hours three hours long but especially for the younger people they are a little bit stepping away from watching sports tv so if we truly want to develop the curling scene on tv or streaming in japan so we really need to think about uh, how we can make curling program much attractive to the younger people and the game length is one factor
1: well, I have one more question for you, and then I'll let you get out of here. And it's just, tell you know, we're used to seeing Fujisawa um, at the Olympics and even at Worlds. Um, but tell us about the, the future teams that we can expect to see representing Japan. I know uh, the Maeda team on the men's side and the Tabata team on the women's side have been very good at juniors. But just tell us about those two teams and if you think that we'll be seeing them representing Japan anytime soon.
2: So starting from men's side, so I believe that uh, Matumura would continue being competitive. But uh, we see that, as you mentioned, rising star, Mayada, they are just 19 years old Mm -hmm. or something. And uh, they are truly high skill, very good knowledge for the strategy. And we hope that if we can prepare some field for them, To play, so they will be the very very good curling star from Asia. For women's side, uh, I believe that uh, Fujisawa, Koana, Yoshimura, and also Nakajima, the four big four. Japan curling scene would continue being competitive. But as you mentioned, there is a fifth star like Tabata, and also even inside the big big four, kind of the shifting of the member or switching members so new younger players coming in and the elder ones going down such kind of such kind of turnover is i think it is healthy
1: so on the women's side we might see the same four skips but we might just see new younger players on those teams yeah okay all right well naoki thank you so much um it was great to have you on. I feel like I know so much more about Japanese curling now, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really, really happy to be here. And also, I'm really surprised that uh, you are very interested in Japanese curling scene. And also, I was really amazed at how you have searched curling scene in Japan, very in detail. So I'm really happy as one of the Japanese caller. Well, I have, uh, I have some very good
1: followers on Twitter who help me understand, and I'm also very good at using Google Translate. So that's <laughs> between those two things, I've been able to figure out some things, but it's good to know uh, that I'm on the right track. So thank you again, and uh, have, a, have a great day. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the Olympics and watching Team Fujisawa, and good luck to you and Yama on the YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Have a good day.
1: Thank you for listening to Rocks Across the Pond, a curling podcast. If you enjoyed this show, we ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us. Your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game. You can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.